Well, we're beginning a brand new series, and it's actually the theme for 2018 entitled Stronger Families. We want and we believe God wants every family to be strong. God does not intend that our marriage or our family be ground zero for turmoil. And we're going to share with you over the next several weeks how you can take your marriage off the endangered species list. Can I tell you that God intends for every one of us to have a strong family experience, to have a strong marriage, to be strong in the Lord. And God intends that for you. God intends that for me. And today, culture is pushing back against the family. You've heard for decades that 50% of all marriages in the U.S. end in divorce. Do you know that number is actually down? That's, that number's down about to 40%. That almost sounds like good news, but here's the, here's the flip side of that. Millennials are choosing not to marry. That's why divorce is down. And there has become this phrase that's now in our culture called serial marriages. Serial marriages. In other words, you marry somebody for a different season of life. Kind of like you choose an automobile. You know, in the sports season or you have a family, you get the SUV or etc. You actually choose a spouse for different seasons of life. And today in American culture, the family seems to be challenged and culture is pushing back against that. At Westover, we have a core value. We say that strong faith will build a strong family. Strong faith will build a strong family. If that's true, weak faith will threaten the family and non-faith can destroy the family. We believe at Westover, it's our belief, it's our core value, that if we can strengthen people's faith in God, the ultimate result of that, they'll have a stronger family. They'll be better parents. They'll be better in their marriage. They can win in their marriage. They can win with their kids. That's what God intends for every one of us. So we want to share with you over the next several weeks how you can strengthen your family. And we're going to begin by strengthening our faith. Now, am I the only one when a software upload or actually download comes on your phone and you know you have to update this phone with new software? Am I the only one? When it says, I have read and agreed, that you click it and you don't read to any of the... Am I the only one? I always agree to that. Yes, I have read and yes, I agree. Can I tell you? I never read. I just agree. And if they came in later and said, well, you agreed to this. It's in the fine print. I might push, but I didn't agree to that. Yes, I did. Do you know the same is true of marriage? You said I do. And you have an idea what you agree to. But now that you're married, there is stuff that showed up and you say, I'm not sure I agreed to that. I'm not sure. That was when I thought it was just better, worse, richer, poorer than all of a sudden. There's a whole nuance of responsibilities and issues that come our way. For example, for example, Denise and I got married. And, but later as we, be, we, we began to move into our married life, there's stuff that came up. I'm not sure I agreed to that. For, for example, vacations. Vacation. A vacation. For me, it was, let, let's, let's, get a, let's get a tent. Let's get some sleeping bags. Let's go somewhere up in the mountains of New Mexico. We'll cook by a campfire. We'll sleep out under the stars at night. That, to me, is vacation. She had more of a Marriott in her mind. 
she had she had air conditioning and a heated pool in her mind. Yeah, a cozy evening at home when we married. A cozy evening at home for me. Oh, I know what that is. That's a home cooked meal and Monday night football. I mean, guys, it doesn't get any better than that, right? Home cooked meal and Monday night football. I discovered that that's not what Denise had in mind of a cozy evening. For her, a cozy evening, it was going out to eat and coming home and watching the Waltons. Oh, it is, it is cruel and unusual punishment to have to hear them say goodnight. Good night, John Boy. Good night, Mary Ellen. Good night. You remember that? Oh, I, I just, I'm rolling my eyes and Denise is dabbing tears out of her eyes. That's not what I envision. There's a lot of stuff we're not sure we agree to. For everything from, from hormones to budgeting to kids to how we discipline, a lot of stuff shows up in the marriage. Say, I'm not sure I agreed to that. Can I tell you, some of us have come to faith in Christ. We've come to know Jesus as our Savior. But we still operate by, by a different value system. And you're in the church today, but you think and you act like and you practice things that are really not what God intended for us to live by. And in order for us to have a strong family, we must have a strong faith. And in this message, I want to share with us two ways to build our faith, to strengthen our faith, because if we strengthen our faith, We will strengthen the family. Two things to share with you. You can join us on our Westover app, or you can join me right now in the book of Joshua, chapter number 24. Joshua is in the Old Testament. The book of Joshua, chapter 24, and the Old Testament, two verses. And out of these verses, I want to share this thought with you. If we're going to have a strong faith, we've got to get in the game. We've got to get in the game and activate our faith. Get in the game activate your faith look with me joshua chapter 24 last chapter of the book of joshua they towards the end of this chapter joshua is speaking to all of god's people all the leaders of the family the leaders of israel to all of god's people he's speaking to you and i very apropos very appropriately and he says and now verse number 14 fear the lord and serve him with all faithfulness throw away the gods your father's your ancestors worship beyond the Euphrates River in Egypt and serve the Lord. Verse number 15. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose uh, for yourself this day whom you will serve. Very important. Very important. Your spouse can't choose for you. Your mother can't choose for you. The pastor can't choose for you. It's an individual choice. You have to decide. If you get in the game, you make the decision. Don't blame your in-laws. Don't blame your work schedule. Don't blame the church. Don't blame your spouse. It's an individual choice. You have to choose for yourself. He says, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. Last sentence to this verse. Verse number 15. Last sentence to this verse. Twelve words for the next 12 months. Twelve words for the next 12 months. Let me plant this in your spirit. I'm saying get in the game. Activate your faith. 
But as for me and my house, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Twelve words for the next 12 months. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Get in the game. Three words real quickly from verse number 14 I want to emphasize. The first word, verse number 14, starts off with, and now, and now. We've got to realize if we're going to get in the game and activate our faith, there's a now moment. He said, and now serve the Lord. He didn't say later. He didn't say when you, when you get the car paid off, when you finish your degree, when night school is done, when you get past your income tax season, when summer comes, when you have time enough, when you're not as tired, when you get here and you get here and you, this happens and that happens, when your son moves out and college is all. No, he's saying now. There are some times we've got to just start now. And we can procrastinate and the responsibilities, the obligations, the, the, the routine of life can kind of smother us in this and we can get polarized by all the activities. Let me put a now into your spirit and now. And now, do it nay, today. Say, now I'm going I'm to do it. I'm going to activate my faith. Second word, and now serve the Lord. What does the word serve mean? Well, this was an agricultural economy. They, they grew crops and they tended the gardens and they would take their vegetable into the marketplace. It was an, it was an agricultural economy. And the word serve actually mean to tend to everything concerning the crops and the fields. But we don't have that kind of economy, probably most of us. Let me bring it down to something that might help us understand what the word serve is. If, for example, during the holiday season, your wife says to you, sir, wash the dishes. And you go over to the sink and you wash the dishes, but you do not wash the silverware, the pans, the lids, and everything else because she said wash the dishes you wash the dishes but you leave the pans the glasses the cups the pa- everything else you leave it dirty and you go in there and say i'm done i washed the dishes she said no 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 you're not i said wash the dishes that means everything everything that's what the word sir means you do everything god says do everything the Lord intends. Everything God says that pleases him. Every command, every direction, not pick or choose, not multiple choice. God says, do everything. Do everything you should as a Christian parent. Do everything you should as a believer. Do everything you should do every day. Do everything. Serve the Lord. Follow God in all areas. And unless we miss it, the next phrase is, with all faithfulness. We do it now, we do everything, and we do it with all faithfulness. Many of us, we're getting in the game in the last two minutes. We're going to try to win this game, this game called family. We're going to try to succeed with life in the last two minutes. In other words, we're going we're to pour ourselves in career. We're going to be busy. We're going to do this, every activity. We're going we're gonna to say, I'm doing this for the kids. I'm doing this, but we don't have time with them. But you know what? Now my son, he is a, he is a, a junior in high school. He's going to be gone in a couple of years. Now I'm going to spend some quality time with him. And we're going to try to win the game in the last two minutes. That's not what God is saying. We need to get in the game. You might have one who's a toddler, one in middle school, and even another one in high school, and they're different seasons of life. Get in the game with every one of them. Activate your faith. 
Do something. Be involved. Yes, guys, you're a provider. Yes, ladies, you're diligent keeping the home and making sure they do their homework and making sure they make good choices. But that's not enough. You need to activate your faith. You need to get in the game so God can do the best in and through our families. You know, they tell us, they tell us that when a baby is born, that a baby actually sees everything inverted. Yes. The baby comes out of the womb and the brain of the child actually sees everything upside down. And it takes time for that child's brain to, to flip the image, what we call right side up. They actually come out of the womb. Red, they see everything upside down. No wonder they stare at you and you look so weird to them. You're upside down. They've been in a womb and they come into this new world and everything looks upside down. And that's exactly what some of us have done. We've come to faith in Christ, but we we see the things of family upside down. We see it the way we used to see it. Well, I'm just going to be the father and, and, and the parent and how I was raised. It was good enough for me. Look how I turned out. And we're going to raise our kids that way. Well, this is what a husband or a wife should do. You know, it's just, and we can speak our machoism or our past dysfunctional pattern. Or, or even it could be the right pattern. It could be a healthy pattern. But it's just not, it doesn't have biblical values that are the foundation of it. And we come into the home and we see things upside down. We don't see them the way God sees them and the way God wants it. Some of us, we're saying no to God, and God is saying that isn't on for you. It's upside down. You can make it happen. You can do it. You can be engaged in it. What are some examples? What are some examples of how we today, Christian couples, people that have come to faith in Christ, how they have an upside-down view of what a strong faith and a strong marriage is like? Well, for example... I shouldn't have to tell my spouse how I feel and what's wrong with me. If they love me, they will understand and they'll figure it out. Really? Yeah, wasn't it Willie Nelson who sang, you were always on my mind? Yes, but we don't read your mind. We're not mind readers, okay? And we just think they ought to know that intuitively. Ladies, can I help you? Guys, don't get it. We're blockheads. Tell us! Tell us. We need to know. Don't drop heads. Tell us. We desperately need to hear from you. Here's another one. Well, well, if, if I married the right person, I will always feel in love. Really? That's like saying if you buy the right car, you should never have to change the oil. No. It will need maintenance. If I marry the right person, I will always feel in love. Can I tell you, you will feel in love for 18 months. That's right. That's how long infatuation studies have showed infatuation lasts 18 months. So you go through the the pre-honeymoon stage. That's the dating, yeah. And about 18 months in there, you're going to get married. And then you kind of you step into a new season and a new moment of marriage. So for the next 18 months or there about year and a half, it'll be great. You'll be three years by the time you kind of started dating and marrying. Then all of a sudden the goodness begins to evaporate. They will begin to annoy you. 
they will begin to upset you. Things will not be the way you thought they should be. And then all of a sudden, you've got to rediscover love in each other. You've got to go back and you say, it's not how I feel. God's Word says, I'm going to get in the game. I'm going to love anyway. There's some days Denise just chooses to love me. Can I tell you that? (laughs) She just chooses to love me. She just chooses to look back some of things in my life. That's what we have to do. Uh, another upside-down thought that a lot of people have in marriage is this. Every couple is unique. Oh, I hear this song. Every couple is unique, and there is no right way to have a good marriage. Now, if that's the way you want to do it, that's fine. But we choose to do it different. If your church teaches you to do that or you believe that's what the Bible says, that's fine. But we are a Christian couple We just don't marry. We just live together. We do what we want to do. We just do it our way. And God just understands that. No, he does not. Oh, oh, haven't you heard? Different strokes for different folks. The book of Proverbs uses this phrase, different rules for different fools. Yes. You do it your own way. That was the very thing that Joshua was encountering. They said we can live in God's land and we can worship foreign gods. God, I'm going to be in the promised land. I want blessing from you, but I'm going to worship the Amorite God and some are going to worship other heathen gods, but God, we want your blessings. And God said, no, no, no. You got to choose. You got to get in the game. You've got to say, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Did you notice something in that phrase? The me comes before the we. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I want to I wanna call us to this. I want to call every Christian couple. I want to call every marriage to this. Make some household decisions. Make some decisions for the house. Determine this is what our family's going to do, and this is what our family will not do. Choose it. The me comes before the we. Today, so many times, the kids are making the spiritual decision. People come and say, you know what? My son wants to go to church, so that's why we're in church. And we can go to church when my son says he wants to go. He's eight years old. He's eight years old, and he's making the spiritual decisions in the home. The me comes before the we. If, if we want... If we want our family to say, we're going to serve the Lord, there has to be somebody in the house that says, as for me and my household, somebody has got to set the rules. Somebody's got to step forward. Somebody's got to get in the game. Somebody's got to activate faith. Somebody's got to step forward. Somebody's got to say, I'm going to take the lead. In our home, we're going to do this. I I see couples today. They, they, they They will go to work on Monday half sick. And if they have even a little scratchy throat, they stay home from church on Sunday. I don't get that. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, Pastor, 12 noon, the Cowboys kick off. God wants me to watch the Cowboys. He does? Yeah, and the pregame show, too. Okay, that's fine. I get it. Then come Saturday night. Come Saturday night. For you see, God... God has to be in the must category and not the if category. I'm going to invite us to put God in the must category and not the if category. What do you mean by that? Well, let me me give you this example. There are certain things in our budget 
we must pay. We must pay the house payment. We must pay the electric bill. We must pay the water bill. But if there's any left over, we can go to Olive Garden. Olive Garden is in the, is in the if category. The house payment and the electric bill is in the must category. You don't, you don't go to Olive Garden and say, I might pay the house payment. No, 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 you don't do that. There are things in the must. I must do this. And if there's anything left over, we'll do that. We'll take care of this. God must be in that category, the must category. In other words, we must serve the Lord. We must serve. We're going to be, guys, let me, let me just, let me put this in your heart. Tell your kids, tell your family. We're going to be in the house of the Lord. If we're going to watch a game on Sunday, we're going to be in Saturday night service. If we're going to go to a movie Saturday night, we must be in church Sunday morning. There's going to be some must. We must serve God. We must pray over the meal. We must follow God. We must keep God's value. That television will not turn to stuff that dishonors God. We will not have that language pumped into our living room from cable TV that pollutes the soul. God must be honored in everything. I'm here to say, activate your faith. Get in the game. Set the example. We must serve the Lord. Number two, not only get in the game and activate your faith. Number two, and you have to go to the book of Matthew with me for this one. And this point is, take a stand. Eliminate inconsistency. Take a stand. Eliminate inconsistency. If you want to build a strong faith, you have to take a stand and eliminate inconsistency. We're in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 12. We're going to look at verse 25 and 28. Now, Jesus, right here, he's talking about the spiritual realm, the spiritual dimension. He's not talking about governments and economy. He's talking about a spiritual dimension. Track with me on this. It's in red letter if you have a print Bible. This is Jesus talking. It says, verse 25, Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. Every city or household, I could use the word family. Every city or family, household, divided against itself will not stand. Go down to verse number 28. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons then the kingdom of God is coming to you. I'm going to put these two verses together. I know you're scratching your head. Say, help me, pastor. Put the pieces together. I will. Here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying that a house, a family, divided against itself will not stand. In other words, the whole house, the whole, it can't be divided. The whole house has got to serve the Lord. And if by the Spirit of God, We drive out the devil from the house, from the family. The kingdom of God will come into the family. Follow with me. Here's what he's saying. Jesus will not live in a duplex. You cannot say, Jesus, we're a Christian family. We want to serve the Lord. We want a Christian marriage. But we have this room in our house. And we do things the way we want to over here. 
Now, Jesus, you can stay in the room called Sunday. You can stay in the room called Bless Me. But you cannot come into the room that's off limits to you on how we, we choose our entertainment, how we talk, our activity, our priorities. Jesus, you stay in that room. You don't have access to our hearts. You can bless me. You can come out and give me gifts. But you can't come, come out here and expect me to clean the rest of the house up. God, you can't do that. And Jesus is saying, a kingdom divided will not stand. And in order for the kingdom of God to come into the house, Jesus has said, I'm going to have to drive out the devil from every room of the house. Let me, let, let me keep going. What does it mean? It, it means that we cannot be Christian on Sunday and have our other life Monday through Friday. What is it? Let me bring it down to some practical application for parents. Parents, mom cannot say one thing and dad say another. Mom say, we're going to go to church. And dad say, well, we don't have to go all the time. That's a house divided. Mom and dad, you keep saying it like that. Mom says, go. Dad says, we don't have to all the time. You're going to have teenagers that will not want to go anytime. A house divided against itself will not stand. Coming into the church... Raising our hand, worshiping God, celebrating, praise unto the Lord. Go out of the church and speak with vulgar language and curse words. It will not stand. I believe every time somebody curses and uses the Lord's name in vain, the devil says, and now that's my guy. Every time we use vulgar words to describe something, every time we use a cuss word, I believe the devil says, and now that's my man. A kingdom divided cannot stand. And some of us were crumbling on the inside because we want God's blessings, but we don't want God's direction and commands. We don't want God imposing anything in our life. And guess what it's bringing? It's bringing destruction in the family. And I'm, I'm here to invite us. Take a stand. Today, the word tolerance is being pushed at us. And we're told we got to live our life by tolerance. Now, I'm saying we don't, we don't speak derogatory and we don't hate anybody. The Bible doesn't allow that. But we have become so tolerant today that we're empty. We've got to take a stand. We say God's word stands for it. We'll stand for it. God's word says it. We'll take a stand for it. Dads, there are some websites your kids have no business being on. There are some things they have no business doing. Take a stand. Well, if I do, they won't like me. Can I tell you? Take a stand. And you may hold on to their soul. They may be upset today, but hold on to their soul. Hold on to their heart. Take a stand. Take a stand. Get in the game. Be the dad that God intended us to be. Yes. For you see, anything, anything that separates us from God needs to go. Anything. An interest, a friendship, a relationship. Anything that separates us from God needs to go. This is a good word for young adults. Anyone 
that you would date that would separate you from God, there's a word I have from the Lord for you to tell them. Thus saith the Lord. Hit the road, Jack. (laughs) Amen? It's more important to hold on to God's and God's purpose than to compromise and lose out. Take a stand. Eliminate the inconsistency. Serve the Lord with all faithfulness. If you'll build a strong faith, you'll have a strong family. In just a moment, we're going to have a prayer moment. We're going to have a corporate prayer moment as we about to step into 2018. But if you'll allow me for just a moment, I'd like to speak to the men. I know I'm speaking to, to everyone here. I, I recognize, but for just a moment, please, let me, let me speak into our men, to your heart. Let me challenge our men. I'm going to share, guys, a story that I shared with our men in our gathering of men just, just a few months ago. In North Carolina several years ago, in North Carolina several years ago, there was a tragic train accident and everyone on the train was tragically killed. At that particular time, they didn't have all the modern technology. The train was barreling down the track. And there was a flagman, and the flagman's job was to let the engineer know whether to move forward, whether there's another train on the track or to doing maintenance. Everything was okay. And the flagman, if everything was okay, would wave a white flag. And it would tell the engineer, just keep going. But if the engineer ever saw a red flag, a red flag meant danger, stop, don't go forward. The engineer, the train was coming on this infamous day. The engineer saw the white flag. The train barreled on. The bridge was out. The train plummeted into the ravine everyone was killed as a product of this terrible accident there was a lawsuit that came into court trying to determine liability for this tragic accident was it the flagman was was the company liable or was it a mistake by the engineer who was at fault witness after witness said he had a white flag The flagman waved it, and the train went on. The flagman testified in court, no, I was waving the red flag. Discrepancy. So finally, one attorney, recorded in court records, asked that the flag be brought into court and examined. Sure enough, it was. And there, the flagman said, see, I waved the red flag. But the red flag through constant exposure of the sun had faded and it had faded to almost white yes he had the red flag but it appeared to be white and the train barreled on and there was a tragic loss what I'm saying guys fellas we married had families we determined I'm going to be the godly man. I want things different. 
Perhaps you weren't raised in a home where your father was a spiritual example, that he, he was a spiritual influence in the home, but you said, I want to be different. I, I don't want to be the, the husband of anger. I don't want to be the closed-up husband that doesn't show tenderness towards his wife. I want to be different from how I was raised. I, I want to be the different person than, than life happened. And somehow you got stuck in the rut of becoming what you determined you were not going to be. Perhaps there was a time you were in church and you were, you were activated in a, spiritually and you were leading the home. You, you wrote the tithe check. You, you woke the kids. It was your voice in the morning. Kids, go get up. It's church time. We're going to the house of the Lord. But that doesn't happen anymore. The flag has faded. Responsibilities, neglect, myriad of things can happen to us. But we're... We're not taking the stand anymore. And we're living in inconsistency. Fellas, I'm here to invite you. Get in the game. Activate your faith. Take a stand. Eliminate inconsistency. If today you will, can I tell you, God will honor it. So I'm going to invite you. Balcony and main floor. Would you just stand for this closing prayer moment? Just all across the house. And while I know this altar and this prayer moment is for everyone, I want to talk to the hearts of our men for just one moment. Guys, if that is you, if you're, if you're not living how you were raised or somehow you got off track, sometimes success can get us off track and sometimes failure can get us off track. Somehow we choose to make that quality decision. And we are feeling that we're feeling like we've lost something. And you want to determine and you want to commit to the Lord today. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm getting in the game, Pastor. I'm taking the stand. If that's you, I'm going to invite you to raise your hand as a commitment to the Lord. And just hold it up for a minute, guys. Would you do that? Balcony and main floor. God's talking to you, fellas. Bless you guys up there. Bless you guys. Bless you guys. Just hold your hand up a minute. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. God sees your hand. And I believe your hand is more than just a momentary response. I believe it's a commitment to the Lord. I believe the Holy Spirit just saw your hand. And the Holy Spirit just, just affirmed in your heart, you're getting in the game. And God's going to activate faith in you. And you're going to be, you're going to be a different man. You're going to walk different. You're going to think different. And can I tell you, this is God's promise. It won't be long. You're going to feel different. Yes. You're going to feel different. Fellas, I have two requests of you. I have two requests. And I put this before you with a honest and a sincere invitation. You raised your hand. I want you to do two things for me in the new year. Sometime early, sometime January before mid-February, I want to invite you to do two things. One, I want you to join. I want, excuse me, I want you to attend our next steps class twice a month. Second and fourth Sundays from nine till noon. One class 
one moment in which we take you to a pathway. This allows us to identify through, through a spiritual gift analysis. This allows us to, to individualize a path of growth for you. If you'll give us that one morning, then I can get you on a track of growth. Number two, I'm going to ask you to join a life group. Because guys, we just need, we need it. Guys, we, we, we need to be called and summoned to a, a path and a consistency and join a life group. That could be a family group or it could be one of our men's groups. I'm going to ask those two things for you. And I put that prayerfully in your heart. Let's get in the game. Can we pray? Holy Spirit, I sense today you've spoken to our hearts so easy to allow ourselves to stay in a routine to live substandard to have a weak faith and and have a troubled family but God I believe you want every one of us to have a strong faith that will translate into a strong family and for a moment I've spoken to the men and I call the men's heart to a pathway of spiritual growth and a pathway of spiritual renewal and commitment and I believe God it pleases you for the men that have said I'm getting in the game today for some men just to raise their hand was a huge step forward it, it, it wasn't just a hand going up it was, it was getting in the game they put their heart out there they broke past a wall they moved past a barrier they, they, they have got they, they've cast their heart into the game and you're going to honor that and God you're going to you're going to strengthen them in this pathway and they're going to see themselves and their family change because of the commitment they made this last day of 2017 for everyone here young adult couples singles whatever season of life we're in it's your purpose God to grow us, to strengthen us in the things of God. I pray the Holy Spirit will inspire this word of a strong faith to them. Oh God, do it. Oh God, do it. There's some, Lord, that have reluctance. There's some, God, they're arguing in their mind, they're holding back. Holy Spirit, just sway their heart just draw their heart to you by your presence by your by your grace by your goodness just call them back to you perhaps there's people making a recommitment to Jesus today right now just saying Jesus I'm getting back in the game with you first for me to get in the game with my family I got to get in the game with you and you're going to recommit to the Lord you can do that right now. You see, God answers our prayer. The Bible says those that draw nigh to God, near to God, God will draw near to them. You don't even realize when you were driving to church, God, God was working in your heart. Your, your desire and willingness to be in God's house, God says, I will be in your house. You stepped in God's house, and now God wants to step in your house. You opened a door. And God's going to work in your life. 
I pray the goodness of the Lord and the favor of the Lord upon your people. May this be the year of the Lord's favor for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <laughs>